Hello, this is Cultivating Classroom Management, and today I'd like to talk to you about a topic that we all have experienced as educators, which is how not to get burned out. So most teachers are reaching the point now where it's either the end of the term for high school teachers or teachers at the college level, or for elementary school teachers, it's not the end of the term, but it's that mid-year point. And this, in coupled with the holidays coming up and the weather changing, it is so easy to feel burnt out, sluggish, um, overwhelmed, stressed out, or like you just want to call in sick. So I thought I'd share a few ideas on how to avoid this kind of burnout because I'm feeling it too. And although I feel it over the years, I've come up with some ways to lessen some of the effects of teacher burnout. And some of these are fairly common, but others are things that we can do to sort of manage the workload. So I'll start with changing the tone in the morning. So when I used to get up, I had a really great routine, which is to come into the living room, relax, make coffee, read a little inspirational book, whether it's like a daily reader, uh, a quote, something positive to start my day and then I journal and then as time went on and my responsibilities got to be more I started to get out of these habits and I noticed more of my colleagues doing the same rushing in the door not having eaten breakfast bringing in huge cups of coffee to work running to the copy machine frantically looking for materials and so I've gone back in the past couple of months to making sure that in the morning I start my day with a very brief meditation and I just look at the clock and I don't formally meditate but set it for about a minute I heard a good podcast on that and usually I'll meditate from one to three minutes and just let my thoughts wander try not to think about the work I have to do of course you can't always force your mind to stop thinking but that briefly gets me started on the right track while the coffee is brewing and then I take one of my little books something inspirational and I do a quick reading in one of my books I like to read some spiritual literature and you can select your own but I like the four agreements and the other books written by Miguel Ruiz or Miguel Ruiz's uh, son which is Miguel Ruiz Jr. or I read a little reader called Zen Book of Life and there are other readers that I've read in the past just one or two pages some of them are dated some of them are just random and although I haven't been journaling because that takes up a lot of time, I'll read something else that's just for myself. And not a novel, but something informative like an article or 
one of Brene Brown's books or a book on something improving the classroom environment on diversity or an article on something I would like to do but never say I have time for it. It has to be a very brief article or a couple of pages in the book. So in a book. So that starts my day off right. Another thing I do is I don't let the work pile up. So I, I really pace myself in terms of grading. I don't wait till all the papers come in. I have pretty much a set schedule for the end of the term. And I also don't allow a lot of late papers for the end of the term. So everything is set. I'll grade just on one subject for a certain time period so that my mind doesn't wander and I don't go from one class to another in terms of grading. And I now keep things in one grading spot. So I keep things electronically. Whereas before I used to have a paper backup copy, it helps just to have one efficient system for the end of the term. And I work backwards knowing what the last day is and never leaving things to the very last day because things could go wrong potentially. So I never ever wait till midnight or the last day to do that. And that cuts down on a lot of stress. So I also looking ahead and planning for the whole year really helps with working backwards. So if I have an idea of what I'm teaching for the entire year, all of my learning objectives, it helps me to work backward and to have everything in place. And how does this help with teacher burnout? When things are more organized, there's less stress to be had because things always come up. There's always emergencies and there's always those emails that come in. And so what I also do with those emails is I used to respond immediately and then I would have to correct myself and make all kinds of errors. And the last couple of months or so, I really sort out the emails by what can be answered immediately with a, a word or two or a sentence? What is a more hot, uh, heated response that I need to think about? Something more controversial. What emails do I need to reach out to people for before answering? And what emails are just group emails that I need to be aware of? So that helps a great deal. But when it comes to classroom management, keeping the stress down also means knowing and understanding the hot spots in the time of year that we're going to have. For example, when I was out there as a teacher, I knew that around these holidays, right before these holidays, there would be a lot more stress and a lot more tension from students. Of course, this is obvious. But changing up the activities a little bit really helped. And changing up the activities doesn't always mean having a party. It just means knowing and understanding that I have to break down the activities a little bit differently and plan for these times because students will be 
more antsy. Some of them will be less likely to share what's going on. Maybe they're ashamed or embarrassed at the fact that they don't have anything to do around the holidays, or maybe they have problems that they don't want to share. So that's something to be aware of that there may need to be different structures in place. And that helps me to react differently to students, which in turn helps me to avoid burnout because the more I react and the more crises there are in my classroom, the more burnt out I can get. And speaking of that, I try to stay out of controversy when it comes to end of term parties and uh, planning for events. And something I've learned early on is if you volunteer to coordinate one of those events, it, it has to be something that you really love and want to do because that can create a lot of burnout as well. Taking on more than you can handle, volunteering for things that maybe uh, should be left to somebody else or just taking a part of it. And speaking of taking a part of it, learning how to delegate is really important. And as a classroom teacher, the thought may be, who can I delegate to? I am a classroom teacher. And I think it's good to sit down and think about things that can be delegated and things that are a part of your major responsibility. And if you have a teacher's assistant or if you have a paraprofessional, are you using that person well or are you doing everything because you're afraid to delegate or you're afraid that person may not understand or you feel it takes too much time to explain it to that person. I'm very guilty of that. And I think that if there are certain things that that person can do independently and ongoing in, in terms of consistently so that they understand it so that you don't have to just keep training them. It really helps to relieve your stress, give you more time to concentrate on what you like to do and need to do, and it helps greatly. And we can even delegate to students at times. We know how to give students class jobs and make them leaders, and we can think about who can help lead in put, doing the mundane things such as getting other students to put supplies away. Of course, if we have a routine, uh, that helps greatly. But just knowing we can enlist other people, students and assistants, is a great uh, practice to avoid burnout. I find that another factor that helps me to avoid burnout is having something that I want to do creatively at work. And a lot of teachers say, I don't have time for that. And I used to say that when I was more in a school leader's position because everything was reactionary, things were coming at me, audits were happening. But I found that throughout the years in my growth, even near the end of the term, I need a certain amount of time to devote to my creative work, even though there's tons of meetings and obligations and things that other people want from me, even if I can devote, uh, let's say half an hour a week to some creative work, it's very helpful. And creative work doesn't have to be doing a painting 
or singing a song. It can be a project that I want to do at work that somebody isn't imposing upon me. And for my emotional growth and to prevent burnout, I found that that is very important. For example, I wanted to start introducing digital storytelling in my college class. And yes, it's near the end of the term and people are very busy, but I enlisted the help of our instructional designer and I spent a lot of time while my husband was watching reruns, sitting there and just looking around at websites and uh, apps that I could use for digital storytelling. And that's something that uh, will help my future students in a class that I'm going to teach. It nurtures me because I'm not doing the same old thing and I'm not filling out paperwork or writing a report. It's something creative within the scope of the work that I do. And I try to make sure that I make time, even if the product isn't perfect or finished, it's important to nurture myself creatively. And it goes without saying that there are different things that people do to prevent burnout, such as exercise, getting together with friends, making sure that there's time for family, all this goes without saying. But thinking about a creative project at work is something that few people think about. And so I also think that sleep is very important. I think we undervalue sleep and that when we don't get enough sleep and we don't get the right nutrition, it's easier to feel grumpy and cranky and angry and upset and to slip when we're managing a classroom and to say things we don't mean or to put a, a puss on our face that kids will eventually interpret and react to. So all of these things not only prevent burnout, but they help with classroom management as well. So it, on that note too, it's very important not to get burnt out in terms of overdoing in one's personal life. And some of these things cross over. I find that as human beings, we have behavior patterns that tend to repeat whether it's at work or in personal life. And so it's very important to think exactly about what we want to help on, which projects in our personal life are valuable and which projects are fruitless. And I'm not saying things like doing your laundry or uh, grocery shopping, paying your taxes. These are things we have to do. But thinking about you know, if you belong to a volunteer organization, what projects you want to take on. And it's very tempting to take on things that nobody else wants or to do the opposite, which is don't take on anything, but just to carefully, carefully consider what's taking on too much. And that also has to do with friends and family members as well. And that can help us to really nurture ourselves and value ourselves. And I have to remind myself, I'm saying this for myself as well, that I too am a helping professional and that I need to have space and time to recoup, recover, and that I don't always have to be out helping. So I hope that you take some time toward the end of this term, or if you're an elementary school teacher toward the middle of the year, slump to think about what you can do to 
help yourself get through this period and get through in a more positive space. And if you are in a negative space, to quickly turn it around with some of the tools I've mentioned. And some of them, again, like I said, are very obvious. But sometimes we need to hear it repeated. So thank you so much for listening. And this is Cultivating Classroom Management.